Several years ago, Paul Welbing and his father Donald, along with a couple other guys, went on a tour of buildings they could use for a warehouse. The Welbing family owns Karma Labs, the 78-year-old company that makes Carmex lip balm, and they had outgrown their existing warehouse space in Franklin, Wisconsin, just outside Milwaukee. The group had to decide whether to expand their current building or buy a new one. As they stood in the Karma Labs warehouse discussing their options, Paul Welbing had an epiphany, but it wasn't about lip balm storage. And they were talking about the, the, the age of the roof, and there were parking spaces, the layout. As we were talking, I thought, there's about a two and a half second decay in here. This would be great for pipe organ. So I told my dad, what do you think? I have an idea. And that was how it hatched. It's impossible to miss the sound of the organ playing as Paul speaks. You'll hear more of that music, as well as the story of Paul Welbing's ongoing mission to build a pipe organ in the unlikeliest of places on this episode of The Distance, a podcast about longevity and business. I'm Waylon Wong. We are a production of Basecamp, the leading project management app for keeping everyone on the same page. Last week, another 5,092 companies signed up to run their projects with Basecamp, and you can try it free for 60 days at basecamp.com slash the distance. If you listened to our previous episode, you already know a little about Karma Labs and the enduring popularity of its flagship product. Paul Welbing's grandfather, Alfred Welbing, invented Carmex at his kitchen stovetop in 1937, and the company continues today under family ownership. It sold more than one billion jars of Carmex, and its slogan is, it soothes, it heals, it protects. One quick note here. In our last episode, I said the slogan was, it soothes, it heals, it tingles. That's actually an older line the company used back in the early 2000s. But speaking of things that make you tingle, let's listen to Paul Welbing's organ. One important thing to note here is that the organ's not playing at full capacity yet. You're hearing 17 rinks of the organ. A rink is a set of pipes of a certain tone. The organ that Paul is planning will eventually have around 8,000 pipes organized into 83 rinks. I should also point out that because not everything is hooked up yet, the organ is being played by a computer program instead of a live organist. This piece is from the Suite Gothique, composed by Leon Bohemond. Mozart called the organ the king of instruments. There's nothing quite like it in terms of grandeur and complexity and the ability to produce a wide variety of sounds. You can't just buy a pipe organ and put it in your living room. If you want a pipe organ, you have to construct a building around it. And that's what Paul is doing with the expanded Karma Labs warehouse. The console, which is the part with the keyboards where the organist sits and plays the instrument, is on the ground floor of the building. There's a separate room nearby that houses the blower, which puts out 10,000 cubic feet of air per minute to power the instrument. Upstairs are two separate organ chambers where you can find the pipes. And because this is the company warehouse, the space is mostly filled with shelves of boxes containing Carmex lip balm. The organ provides a surreal soundtrack to the regular activities of the warehouse, with music playing as employees roll by in forklifts. Well, it's kind of like building an organ for a cathedral because most cathedrals are old buildings, are all stone. This is Bob Sweeney. 
He and his business partner, Terry Clevin, own a company in Minneapolis called Century Pipe Organs. They've been in business since 1978, specializing in theater organs, but also repairing and tuning church organs in their area. Paul hired them for his project. Well, most of this building is concrete. The floor is concrete. The walls are concrete. It's everything. It's all concrete. The only thing to break the sound up is the shoving units with the boxes. And, of course, that changes from week to week because when they sell things, they ship out. The shelves are full. And then when the shelves get empty, it changes the acoustics. So it's a little difficult to to do it for one uh, reverberation time period that changes. It's an interesting job trying to figure that out. Paul wanted an organ that would showcase both classical and theater music. One that would play every instrument found in a symphony orchestra, but also play sound effects used to accompany silent films, like Rainfall and Crying Babies. It's an unusual project, and a completely personal one for Paul, who was paying for the whole thing himself. When Terry and Bob first heard about Paul's vision, they didn't think it was actually going to happen. Here's Terry. A friend of ours had called me, uh, this is the person I met 40 years ago, and he had called me out of the clear blue saying that I have a friend who would like a a large theater organ installed in his business. Can I have him call you? And I went, sure, I'd be glad to. (laughs) The, The likelihood of that actually coming through was pretty nil. Normally when people say, I have a friend who would like to have a, a large theater organ built, they're just wasting your time. And so I said, okay, sure, have him call me. Son of a gun, the next day I got a call from Paul Welbing saying, hi, I'm Paul Wilbing, Welbing, and I would really like to have you guys build a theater organ for me. Turns out to be a large symphonic organ that kind of encompasses the theater organ and uh, classical organ all together. It'll kind of play anything you can throw at it. For Terry and Bob, Paul's organ is a once-in-a-lifetime kind of project. Not only was the expanded Karma Labs warehouse a blank slate they could design for the instrument, but at 20,000 square feet, it's a much larger space than the average church. There was an opportunity to build a really big, powerful organ. Paul's inspiration is the Wanamaker organ in Philadelphia, which is the largest playable musical instrument in the world. It is 28,500 pipes and is located in the old Wanamaker's department store, which is now a Macy's. Paul is such an admirer of the Wanamaker organ that when he was deciding where to go for graduate school, he picked Temple University in Philadelphia so he could visit the organ and attend performances. The intent is to have just about every sound in the Wanamaker organ, but because they have such a vast space to fill with sound, we may have four sets of violin pipes, which is a large number. Usually an organ will have one set. Uh, Wanamaker will have 20 sets of violins in it. So we have a reduced number of pipes, but the same number of sounds. There will be every sound that a uh, theater organ makes. So there, there is rain, which is kind of like those big trays, like when you're in school, the cafeteria ladies would have, with, the, uh, with BBs that kind of roll back and forth on it. And then there is another that are ping pong balls circulating. There's one that sounds like a baby cry. It's a, uh, a pipe with a kind of dramatic, it opens and closes it, so uh, we have car horns, we, you name we have it, there will be here. It's, we're still installing, so only about probably 35 or 40% of the organ is installed right now, but wow. within about a year it should all be functioning. It's a little bit like when you look in your garden in winter, you know, you think, oh, it's, it's dead, but actually there's things going below the surface. Paul's organ project is going on its eighth year, 
partly because Bob and Terry at Century Pipe Organs have been scouring the country for components. They took a couple of years just to look for parts before the building started in earnest. Some of the pieces came from their own collection, which they had been adding to over the years in anticipation of a dream project. So little by little, we're taking the things that we had put away for ourselves for this mega project someday that never will happen, and we passed it on to Paul. And now it will happen, and it is happening. And you can go in and hear these things, and it's it's really a, a treat to get to hear the stuff that we've savored and, and saved for all these years. Every piece has a history, and because certain parts of the organ last for a long time, they've traveled around the country as organs are built, disassembled, and rebuilt. Take the console, which was Paul's first purchase. It comes from an organ that was originally at the Nortown Theater, a Depression-era movie house in Chicago. It went from the Nortown to a private residence in Denver, Colorado, then into storage in Wichita, Kansas, before landing at Karma Labs. As we walk around the warehouse, Paul points out different parts that are waiting to be installed, like a set of metal rods. The longest one is 14 feet and 600 pounds. There's 20 of them, and that, if those made in Chicago, those are made with the J.C. Deegan Company. Tower chimes. These are in church, were put in churches, and um, they're meant to be heard three miles away. This set was installed in a school in Maine in 1929. Mm. The school was torn down sometime in the late 50s, and there was a gentleman in the area who thought, gee, I like these, I don't want to see them on the dump. So he saved the chimes at a butcher shop. And they were in the back of his butcher shop for decades, and so uh, he had no use for them anymore, so we bought them. So those are getting installed in here. So that'll be our chimes. For Bob and Terry, sourcing all the parts for Paul's organ has been quite the scavenger hunt, and it's not over. There's still a few things we haven't found yet. A couple of things that are still so hard to find. Not sure what we're going to do yet to, to do the, these two things that are missing. Oh, they're out there. They're just Somewhere. We haven't found them yet. What are you still looking for? A 32-foot diaphone. It rumbles the building right down to your shoes. And it's a pipe that's 32 feet long. That It's actually the foghorn. The man that invented the foghorn was also an organ enthusiast. And he built these pipes that they work just like a foghorn does, but lower pitch. The lowest note produces a, uh, a pitch of 16 hertz. Yeah, very low frequency. And then we're looking for something called a clear flute. There's only two of those I know of in the world that were ever built. The other one, we can't get one. These days, most of the organs in the U.S. are found in churches. Universities, music conservatories, and symphony concert halls usually have them too but the church remains the stronghold of the pipe organ. And organ building is still at pretty healthy levels. I talked to Anthony Thurman, Director of Development and Communications for the American Guild of Organists, which is 16,000 members. The American Organist Magazine, which is our official publication, publishes a list of new instruments each month that have been either um, built uh, from scratch, you know, as new organs or refurbished or rebuilt organs. And we probably report about 100 instruments a year um, in the magazine, but this is by, by no means an exhaustive list. It's just the information that, uh, that is submitted to us. Even so, the job market can be challenging for organists, especially since the theater organ has pretty much disappeared from American cinema, and many churches are facing a decline in attendance, 
are moving toward more contemporary worship styles that don't include the organ. Oftentimes, we feel like our members have jobs kind of vanishing you know, in front of their eyes because the church is the you know, the largest employer of our members. And I'm speaking of the church in general. You know, if the church is, is not fiscally healthy and, and doing well, it makes it more and more difficult for organists you know, to find jobs and to make a living. Paul Welbing doesn't play the organ himself. But he does plan to open the Karma Labs warehouse to the community so other people can come and play it. And he'd like to commission original music, doing his part to keep the king of instruments on top of its throne for years to come. If everything goes according to plan, the organ will be completed in time for Paul's 60th birthday in February. Taking the Field of Dreams approach, if you build it for the come, I want to build a great instrument. And I, uh, for anybody who's older who remembers the 60s, that is things called happenings, where you would put the coffee out, Eddie's, I'm hoping on a weekend to open up. I want to single-handedly revive playing theater organ or pipe organ music of the 20th century, so the Eddie's have a great space and open up and encourage people to use it. The Distance is produced by Sean Hildner and me, Waylon Wong. You can catch up on old episodes and sign up for a newsletter at thedistance.com and follow us on Twitter at DistanceMag. That's at DistanceMag. Thanks to everyone who's rated and reviewed us on iTunes so far. If you're enjoying the show, please pop over there and take a second to rate us so we can climb those iTunes charts. The Distance is a production of Basecamp, the project management app for keeping everyone on the same page. Give Basecamp a try for your own projects at Basecamp.com slash The Distance. The Distance.